Welcome to the Funny Books and Firewater Podcast. Each week these idiots pair cocktails with comic books. You can find the cocktails, drinking game rules, and playlists on the blog at funnybooksandfirewater.com. While at funnybooksandfirewater.com, you can also find a drinking game rule to play while you listen to each episode. You can follow us at FirewaterCast on Twitter, and FunnyBooks and Firewater on Facebook and Instagram. This is episode 157, Joyride, part of our motorcycle month. Hey, and welcome to episode 157 of the Funny Books and Firewater podcast. This is an all-California episode of the show, since Todd is here visiting with us, and the one other ones in Utah that he left behind decided, well, they didn't really decide, fate uh converge to uh not allow them to be on the show today uh what i just heard is todd's the glue yes todd is the glue <laughs> and if he's not in utah they don't show up that's that's basically what you need to know about adam and maya uh they just they have such deep profound love for todd that without him being there they just they couldn't do it anymore they couldn't face it i so, accept that yeah <laughs> uh anyway so this month we are doing motorcycle books um <laughs> we are that is the theme. That is the theme. Okay, that okay. is the stated okay. theme. Right. Yeah, that was a stated theme. Um, we are pretty certain that Todd may have misthought when he recommended this book for us. But <laughs> yeah. we are reading a book called Joyride. You can shoehorn it into our theme really hard if you try, and we may or we may not. So I guess my comment on this is how much more out of theme is it than Cosmic Ghost Rider? Cosmic Ghost Rider at least had motorcycles in it. Yeah. Sort of. That, sort of. That, that one's closer than Joyride will ever be. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You're not wrong, but, but yeah. I'm kind of bridge. This is a spindly long bridge. Anyway, yes. we have an abbreviated uh, panel with us today. Uh, so joining me here in California, we are in his hotel room. We have Mr. Todd. Hey, it's Todd. I'm just here getting over a chest cold, so I sound awesome. So now you have my deep, sexy voice. You're welcome. <laughs> So, um, normally I'm in Utah. I do this. Sometimes we do another podcast. Yeah. When I can get around to editing it or, and, or someone's not, we're not all sick to report it. Right. Or lost her voice because of other activities. Oh yeah. That was my fault too. I, I, I was, Amy a, was out as well. So. Amy was out. I was at a soccer game screaming the night before. <laughs> like it was, it just didn't work out. The stars did not align yeah. for that one. So I won't even name it this week because <laughs> we need something happening to bring it back up yeah. again. So, um, but yeah, you can find me there and I do this one as well. If you see me in Salt Lake, say hi, I'll wave back and look at you blankly going, oh, someone listens to this. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, then of course we have all the way on the other side of, uh, Southern California. We have in Hollywood, one of the Hollywood elite, uh, Mr. J- Mr. Jason. I, I just like calling me Hollywood elite because you've grown. It makes me happy. Uh, so I'm uh, Jason, unemployed writer in Los Angeles, and I am uh, for the third week in a row reminding you to support the WGA. Uh, as of this taping, writers are voting whether or not to adopt the new agency code of conduct, uh, which would ban agency packaging fees and affiliations with production companies, which are a clear conflict of interest. So ah. uh, third week into April, I have no idea how long it'll go. Uh, we'll find out. Okay. Yeah. What? When this comes out, we'll all know a lot more. But yes. uh, as of right now, we know nothing. Absolutely. Yeah. That, which is a general rule for the show in general. As of right now, we know nothing. We'll <laughs> yes. know a lot more we're, by the time this comes out. We're all John Snows. Yes, exactly. Uh, and hey, I'm Brian. I'm a sound designer based in Southern California. I am doing uh, three shows for Lyric this summer. 
Um, and oh, on hi, hi Bruce. Bruce. How yeah. are you? <laughs> Bruce is good. He's a little. Uh, he's a little sad that he's left out today. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry, Bruce. Um, he, he didn't mean to cut you off. Go ahead. No, it's all good. I, I don't really have much else to do. So, uh, Joyride, a brief non-spoilery uh, explanation of it, is uh, it's about uh, some people who are on Earth. Earth uh, has basically built a protection grid around itself, and they decide that they want to see space and they want to escape, so they steal a spaceship and go out into space, and wackiness ensues. Seem fair? Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Uh shoehorning it really ever so hard into our uh, our theme this week. The controls of said spaceship somewhat resemble a motorcycle. Yeah. Sort of. Sure. That's Is a, it a solo vehicle that they're moving around? No. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> None of the above. Yeah. But, well, Todd, what is the myification for this week's book? Um, Jack Kerouac on LSD. Jack Kerouac and LSD. Okay. <laughs> How's I, that? I like that. I like that. I think See? that works. Yeah. Well, cool. Uh, so for this week, we will have a drinking game as we do every week. Um, Adam sent his drinking game to me, so we'll throw that out there as well. Um, I will start with Adam's drinking game rule. I believe. Actually, no. You know what? I'll do his last so that I make sure that I don't overlap on somebody else. So, Jason, what is your drinking game rule? Uh, mine is called What the Space. Anytime someone uses space or uh, an alien word instead of a swear word, take a drink. Awesome. Uh, Mr. Todd. Mine is, um, I got angst. Every time one of the characters whine about things, you need to take a drink. Um, okay. And then Adam's is the Moss Eisley Cantina. Every time you see a different alien, take a drink. And mine is, uh, is this the right book? Every time you wonder where the motorcycles are, take a drink. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, so, uh, that was where we were sort of questioning. However, motorcycles or not, it's time to vote on whether or not we believe it's worth you, our dear listeners, hard-earned time, money, and effort to hunt this book down and give it a read. Mr. Todd, what is your vote? Yeah, it was fun. Okay. Mr. Jason? Uh, I'm actually a no. You're a no? Right. Yeah. I'm, I'm a meh. I haven't right. done a meh on, on one yet, so I'm claiming my meh privileges. <laughs> um, I'm mildly curious to see where it goes, but I'm not desperate to hear it uh well cool but if you are going to go read it you're going to need some tunes to play in the background uh what is your song for this week mr todd keep on rocking in the free world by neil young which i had to remember who neil young was for well i didn't know either so i quizzed you and you're like let me google that i'm like and i I was just typing it in and then i realized i remembered what it was so i'm I'm, I'm gonna claim they still remembered what that was uh, mine is uh, Running Down a Dream by Tom Petty. Uh, Mr. Jason, what is yours? Uh, mine is Rocket Ship by Shiny Toy Guns. Is that the one you did the music video for? Yep. That's what I thought. <laughs> it instantly came to mind when I was trying to think of a song, and because there are rocket ships in here, it just yep. came to mind. Yep. Okay. And Mr. Adams is Intergalactic by the Beastie Boys. Uh, well... Now that Jason made us more aware of what we really needed to be doing this entire time, if you're going to have, if you're going to read this book, which we sort of voted 50-50 on, actually right Mm -hmm. down the middle, because we have a meh, a no, and a yeah. Yeah. I wonder what Adam and Maya, can we guess for Adam and Maya? Well, I 
I don't know. Adam's having a bad day at work, so I'm going to say he's going to say no because he's probably grumpy. Yeah, he's really influenced <laughs> by the days of Yeah, he is influenced by the days of events. So I'm going to say Adam would say no. Um, Maya's a wild card on this one. I don't know what Maya would say. I'm going to go with, uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. And my argument there is on coloring. <laughs> okay. Don't like the coloring? It's shiny. It is shiny. It's very shiny. It's very pretty. I just called my uh, cat. Well, that that's fitting, and I think he'd probably appreciate that, actually. Yeah. Um, but, so, you have your votes. You have your music to play in the background. But what do you need now? But, of course, oh, and you have a drinking game as well. Uh-huh. But you need a cocktail to drink along with it. Um, I'm going to go with mine, and then I'm going to go with Adam's, because Adam named his the same as mine, even though he knew what my cocktail drink was. <laughs> but uh, if you listen to this, Adam, you know you did it. Uh, so he's going to be version two, and I'm going to be version one. Uh, so I'm, mine is called Rocket Fuel, version one. It's two and a half ounces of dark rum, two and a half ounces of amaretto, one ounce of coconut cream, six ounces of pineapple juice, a splash of milk, crushed ice, one and a half ounces of 151 rum, and a brandied cherry. You pour the dark rum, amaretto, cream of coconut, and pineapple juice, and milk into the blender with crushed ice. Blend until smooth, add more ice if it's necessary, and pour into a hurricane glass and carefully pour um, the 151 into a straw using a speed pour and garnish with a cherry. Uh, with a cherry. Mr. Adams. That one's dangerous. That one is very <laughs> dangerous. Is rocket fuel version number two. So who does number two work for? Uh, I, well, for someone who just wants a shot, it looks like, because that's. It's one quarter shot of vodka, one half shot of Bacardi 151, and one quarter shot of blue Caracal. Um, that's just brutal. I'm assuming you just put all three of those together into oh. a, a shot glass and uh, and shoot it I away. I think you just pour it down your gullet. Yeah, that's right. pretty much. The word is gullet. Gullet. Yep. Well, what are you pouring down your gullet, Mr. Jason? Uh, I am pouring down a drink called Dark Moon. Uh, so you take uh, 50 milliliters of cold brew coffee, 25 milliliters of coffee liqueur, 25 milliliters of spice rum, 50 milliliters of Coke, and 25 milliliters of cream. Uh, the recommendation was for heavy or double cream. Uh, add a handful of ice to a large tumbler, pour the coffee liqueur, spice rum, and cold brew coffee in there, then add the Coke and stir, and then pour the cream on top, stir gently, and enjoy. So what's in a dark and stormy? Dark and Stormy is um, uh, it's ginger beer and oh, okay. um, uh, Captain Morgan. No, not Captain Morgan. Uh, Jerry uh, Sailor Jerry rum. Okay, so what this one really reminds me of and delicious. This dates me. If you go back about ten years, is um, Coca Cola gin, um, flirted with the idea of their own energy drink called Coke Black. Oh, okay. Uh-huh. And it was a Coke energy drink, a Coke coffee fusion-based energy drink that took on, like, Red Bull was the idea at the time. Hmm. I love this. So this sounds like a uh, boozy version of that. And yeah. that sounds amazing. So, yeah, it's actually a, a pared-down version of a, uh, a recipe that actually serves eight. Um, so I found one version of this that just serves one person. So but that sounds really good. I yeah. could see myself enjoying that one for quite a bit. Oh, yeah. It's like a sophisticated dude. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, sophisticated dude, what is your cocktail? Mine's, so, for my cocktail, I was thinking, what would these uh, angsty punk kids drink? And they want something uh, fruity, um, a little bit saccharine, and something bright. So mine is the Electric Cosmopolitan, hmm. 
So it's one and a half ounces of vodka, a quarter ounce of lime juice, a quarter ounce of blue curacao, and a quarter ounce of cranberry juice. And what you want to do is you put that in a big stirring glass with a big cup, uh, a cube of ice. And you want to just stir that. Don't shake that. You just want to stir it until it's super cold. And then strain and put that into a martini glass because they're like, oh, we're fancy. We're going to use a martini glass as we have this really stupid sugary drink that actually sounds kind of good. And it's the electric cosmopolitan. The electric cosmopolitan. Okay. Well, cool. So, uh, yeah, you have everything you need to read this book, um, including our brief pre-opinions about it. We judge this book by its cover for you, I guess, to a certain extent. Sure. <laughs> uh, so this is your final warning. Uh, do we have any, well, I guess, do we have any final warnings content-wise or anything like that that people should be aware of? If you're in Canada, you're getting hosed. It's like <laughs> $12 in Canada versus 9 bucks here. So Canadians, that's what you get for being nice. Yeah. You know, it's well, not just something different. That. It's no. not just something different. That's it's, it's not just different in Canada. It's actually <laughs> you know more expensive. That's right. But okay, cool. Uh, well, so we're going to take a brief little break, and when we come back, we're going to spoil the living crap out of it. So um, yeah, we will see you on the flip side. While we take a break, here is a message from one of our fellow Hello Sweetie Network podcasts. Hi, everybody. This is Matt. And I'm Trevor. We're the co-hosts of the Nighthawks podcast, a movie podcast for people who like to stay up late. We've just joined the Hello Sweetie podcast network, expanding our podcast empire and bringing the world to its knees. Take a seat in the Nighthawks diner with us. We're going to talk to you about movies. We've got new movies, old movies, movies we love, movies nobody loves. You can find us on Stitcher, iTunes, and at nighthawkspodcast.com. Hey, that was pretty good. Do you think they'll listen? Uh, the good ones always do. Jason's drink yeah. and my drink are like the absolute opposite. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah. <laughs> so, but yours sounds really great. But yeah, I'm like, oh, that sounds so like hearty and heavy and. Mm. And, so. and mine's basically a version of a pina colada with 151. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it gets the job done. Right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So. So I think for penance for not picking a motorcycle book. I think you Todd know, has Jason, to do the summary. Jason hasn't done one in a while, and I'm getting over a cold. Okay, Jason, do you want to do the uh, summary real fast? Okay, it's not going to be a and good one because, because I'm, I'm not a huge fan of it. So if I skip something, please let me know. No, no, I, yeah. I kind of like when people don't like it, too. Okay. <laughs> because you pick out what, like, oh, this annoyed me. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I rather enjoy that aspect of the nitpick. Okay. Okay, well, so, Mr. Jason, what is uh, the plot summary for this book? Okay, uh, so we're starting with two the two main characters, Uma and um, Duid, or who I'm just going to call Dude the entire time. So Uma yeah, that, and, that looks weird yeah. too, right? Yes. Uh, so Uma and Dude are sort of a disaffected youths on uh, Earth, and they are both somehow they have both have jobs sort of on a space station, so, sort of for some reason, and they have a plan to escape the next day, and so they do. And on their way to escape, they are uh, stopped by a private. But the private is in over her head, uh, and they are come, uh, set upon by an alien spaceship that Uma actually invited. Uh, and then so the uh, alien spaceship has a robot and some sort of alien overlord uh, on it. The alien overlord gets sucked out of the, um, uh, the hatch, and so the robot has made friends with Uma, and so the three, four of them uh, set off on their way to traverse the galaxy. They stop at a 
planet or a space station to just essentially shop because they've got a whole bunch of loot in the back of this spaceship. Um, hijinks ensue. Uma uh, finds this other weird alien who tries to tell her to give this weird shiny object to him, but she decides to just throw it into uh, like some hive mind uh, bug aliens who now have more consciousness imbued upon them. Um, and then the five of them just uh, escape from the police that are after them, and they land in some sort of sector that is very, very dangerous, and the ship gets blasted to... Uh, not blasted, but it gets uh, damaged, so two of them have to go out on a spacewalk to try to repair it, and they start floating towards the nearby planet, except it's not really a planet, it's sort of a weird alien consciousness that uh, makes both of them kind of see each other's pasts. So this is the first time you get a chance to see what Uma and this private's uh, past are, uh, and then they're finally rescued because the robot on their alien spaceship convinces the sort of guardian of this planet to go away and find its own joy. And then, um, that's right, uh, dude's brother is sort of this uh, hired um, rescue agent uh, and is leading a team to go and bring them back home. And he ends up bringing, the, the brother ends up bringing dude and the private back. And you find out that the private is actually like the daughter or the princess of the big fascist on Earth. Uh, and so Uma is pissed off that the private didn't tell them that and pissed off uh, that um, dude didn't do something when he could have had the chance. That's right. He, he uh, the day before they left, they were supposed, he was supposed to, um, or he, his job was to just run system maintenance on something. And he actually did his job and allowed people to not die. But because of that, a big, huge weapon was able to still go off and kill people. Uh, and then... Uh, Uma and the weird alien and the bug and the bot uh, end up rescuing the, the other two, and everyone makes nice, and that's it. <laughs> it's four issues. It is four issues. Yeah, and then there's a little teaser at the end that there's something in the space station. Uh, oh, the, the, well, the, the, the teaser is that the the robot character might be evil. Or okay, something. yeah, I couldn't quite tell what that was because it was so dark and yeah. Yeah, it's the it's the weird robot character that you see okay. earlier. Okay, that's been around. Yeah. So, okay. Todd was emphatically pointing to everything that makes this look like a motorcycle in the book. <laughs> yes. We got three pages before the end of the first issue. Yeah. <laughs> so there's a broom. There's somewhere the kick thing. I'm like, I can tell. Like, oh yeah, that's why I thought there was one. Yeah. No. I'm not saying you're completely and utterly wrong. I'm just saying that mostly wrong, ninety percent. You know, it's, it's as much of a motorcycle as when you go to the arcade and you're playing like Moto Racer at the arcade. It's true. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So for for readers or for listeners who don't actually read the book, what happens is the robot on this space station transforms into a literal motorcycle that Uma steers mm -hmm. as the steering mechanism for the spaceship, and that is why we thought it had a motorcycle in it. So yeah. if we follow in the uh, process of Big DJT, mm -hmm. I think that is a complete and utter exoneration. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry I just referenced him. Yeah. So oh, there's penance for that. Yeah, there will be penance for that. Well, Mr. Well, no, Jason, I've just made you talk quite a bit. So, Mr. Todd, <laughs> I mean, aside from the motorcycle connection with this, 
what were your uh, what was the stuff that you liked about this that you recommended? Why you recommended this book? You know, this book as going through it again and why I liked it before. This is like the uh, bubblegum Saturday morning cartoon space adventure mm-hmm. that I expect kind of as a child. I can't even remember those names of some of those that I no longer remember. Right? Yeah, and they're going along. Stuff happens, but nothing happens. It feels extremely episodic. Mm-hmm. They always seem to be back in the same place from when they started on each issue. So, and, but at the same time, the uh, colors here are top notch. You can say, oh, look, I'm playing with, um, is this Lightroom or Photoshop with all the coloring? I don't even know. (laughs) But this uh, computer aided coloring, someone has just, you know, really hopped up on all the crazy pills because (laughs) it's uh, electric to the max. And it's like you're eating Play-Doh ice cream as you're reading this thing. It's not too deep. It's very surface level, but it strives to be exactly what it is in my thing right there so i enjoyed it it was fun it's a bit of bubble gum you chew it for a while till the flavor runs out you spit out the bubble gum and you get some more doesn't mean yeah. bubble gum is bad it's just what it is yeah okay so yeah well mr jason what were your issues with the book so uh i will admit that i might have been going in expecting a little bit too much of it uh judging mm-hmm. from the cover i for whatever reason thought it was going to be sort of a light-hearted uh, cowboy bebop and it's yeah. definitely not that um no. i i i think i also um i think i had the same issues with uh, quantum teens argo it mm-hmm. has a uh instantly sort of sci-fi world that it's trying to build but because the characters are trying to be hip and cool and young and fresh uh they use way too much made up sci-fi lingo that just feels very grating to me and forced and it's too much of that uh in place of actually getting to know the characters which doesn't happen until issue three of this volume um and uh yeah i mean it's i I mean even in the first issue when um uh, katrin who's who's the private uh first chases after uma and dude she looks up at the stars after she's captured them and says what are those Mm-hmm. And I find it very hard to believe that someone, even if they've lived a sheltered life uh, in the story, would not know what stars are. And it just, it, it felt a very, like a very bizarre thing that took me out of it. Um, okay. Yeah. And then when uh, Uma's going through this, uh, this market and steals this uh, apparently very powerful dimensional uh, enlightenment thing, um, it, it it almost like it's just not connecting to the story at large because if she really were that uh, pissed off by the fascist world that she was coming from, I feel mm-hmm. like some sort of enlightenment bomb, as it's literally uh, explained as to be, um, I feel like that would be an incredible tool to actually uh, help that situation. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, th- so there are a lot of things uh, that don't really connect with the... Um, characters motivations or emotionality to the science fiction world at large um yeah uh i i will say i did enjoy a lot of the humor in it um and when they go uh shopping and uh um <laughs> i think uh dude is trying to cl- uh try on new clothes and look sort of fashionable for uma because he's definitely got a crush on her um mm-hmm. it's just it, it's it's some good light-hearted fun um mm-hmm. Yeah. So have you guys seen the anime Outlaw Star? No, I haven't. I've not. All right. Well, much of your criticisms and descriptions actually really fall in line. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, 
if you take a look, like Cowboy Bebop is the gold standard. Yeah. And yeah. there's not a lot of Cowboy Bebop out there. Mm-mm. And there's other things that try. So this one in that is this is similar to Outlaw Star, even Coyote Ragtime. Mm-hmm. Nope, I haven't seen I got nothing. Either. Jason, Same. do you have that? Have no. you seen that one? No, I've not. Same. Apparently, I was a bigger anime head back in the day. Yeah, you were. <laughs> that's fair. So that's my phrase, apparently, for the day. Yeah, that's how it goes. That's how it is. All right, Brian, what are your thoughts? Uh, like, I thought it was, I mean, I, I kind of went with the bubblegummy thing. Like, I thought it was fun. I didn't think it was overly deep. Um, it didn't totally grab me and draw me in as much as I was kind of hoping. Um, I, in general, I liked it. I just didn't, I wasn't so absorbed in it that I was like, 100% gung-ho, yes, we should totally recommend this, but uh, like it was fun. I think it was a fun you know, little afternoon, or not even a full afternoon, like a, a fun little hour read, you know what I mean, if it takes you that long to do it. Um, you know, I read it in between shows uh, at work and that kind of thing, so um, but like I, I like, I kind of like the fact that you have this sort of very, free, these two and they parallel them fairly well, these two women who are uh, who are raised very differently now forced to sort of hang out with each other. Yeah. And I kind of would like to see more of that interaction. I'm kind of hoping that's what happens. If there are second, I mean, I'm assuming there's second volumes of this and things Ooh. like that. Uh, that, that I think would be for, really interesting because they, they do, you do have basically, it's sort of the, the, the free spirited hippie girl and the militant, you know, daughter of a fascist, you know, mm-hmm. of, 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 of all that. So, yeah. I'm kind of I'm kind of curious about those two characters. I think the dude is the most is the least interesting character in this entire book, mm-hmm. um, and the least developed, which is actually kind of a nice change of pace for comics. <laughs> that the guy is one who's not that interesting and is just sort of there as a love interest, mm-hmm. um, and that might have been a deliberate choice. But I do think that's kind of interesting and kind of cool. Sounds uh, a little like Thelma and Louise ish. A little bit, yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, so. I definitely agree. Uh, uh, the relationship or the differences between Uma and Katrin are, are, at least for me as well, the most interesting aspect. Yeah. Um, I, I do think that sort of the story revelation of what they share and what their backgrounds are, especially Katrin's, I would have mm. liked to have been revealed to the audience uh, much sooner so that it could actually have been used as dramatic tension as opposed mm. to this weird surprise reveal that is um, almost resolved instantly. Um, yeah, yeah, and, and and we didn't really go into it, but basically, kind of the way that it's resolved is that they are about to get eaten by this planet that eats memories, mm-hmm. and so therefore they're both sort of sucked into this planet's, you know, tentacles, and so they're sharing each other's memories, and that's how they become aware of each of each other's backgrounds, and that's how we, as the audience, are also become aware of what was Katrin's uh, background as well. And I agree with you; like, I think that if they had revealed that earlier and like also built up this idea that like she is the child of, you know, this big, mm-hmm. this big deal. And she's trying to live up to her father's name. And so she has that pressure on her yeah. and you have this free spirit who's coming through. Like it, it, it makes her more dimensional earlier on and, and would be, you know, I, I think, yeah, bringing it in earlier may have been a better idea. Um, but uh, yeah, you know, it's, it's one of those things till, till they publish one of the books we write. <laughs> uh, you know, all we can do is complain. So, the life of but, a uh, I know, right? It's how it goes. <laughs> so, cool. Does anybody else have any other thoughts or anything else they really want to bring up? You know, I do want to go back to this art a little bit. So, the people that were on this, I mean, they had written previously for um, DC for a bit. On the back of the cover, it's talking about 
They did Batman and Robin Eternal, which was part of the New 52. Okay. They contributed to the Grayson series. Oh, so gotcha. They were one okay. of the supporting writers for Grayson. And then even the artists did some Nightwing and New Avengers. So, I mean, you take a look at the work. The character designs, I mean, the characters are quite um, unique mm-hmm. from each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's nothing crazy out of there. I mean, we don't have a main character with, like, triple F boobs or anything yeah. like that going on. <laughs> mm-hmm. And they're... Um, and neither one of them is like too over the top, so it's a very over the top concept going right thing. But it yeah. still seems to be managed in a quite um, structurally blue. Like, yeah, I really would believe people would wear that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, more often it's not like you even take the um, great movie of Jumanji and then make fun of it. But you've got the female character in the crop top and yeah. booty shorts. It's like, what am I wearing? Yeah, on how in a jungle this doesn't make any sense. Yeah, and. And how much does a tank top really matter in space? Eh, you can go back and forth on that too, I suppose. But it's the character designs are solid. The coloring there is fun and it keeps your interest is there. The story, I mean, the pacing of it. <coughs> sorry, some of the interactions could definitely use some improvement. But as it comes for the uh, visual aspect of the medium, it was um, all of that was right there. So it was very much of a Saturday movie. It was like, oh, look, it's bright and shiny and we're not afraid of color type of a deal mm-hmm. they're just having good time so i had a little bit of the um you know like 70s glam disco thing going on with some of the designs and the color and blocking and whatnot going on and i really enjoyed it and i had some good fun and it's um quite different from like say motor crush was very heavy on the pastels mm-hmm. and it was quite good and then this one just electrified everything i feel like i'm watching a gap commercial from the 90s mm-hmm. <laughs> while I'm reading this. And then later on this month, we're going to be doing a black and white comic. Mm-hmm. This next one we're doing. No, wait, no we're not. Two. And two. Yeah, and two yeah, that yeah. one's going to be in black and white, yeah. so that'll have a total absence of color. Yeah. And that I thoroughly enjoyed, and it was just one of those things I'm like, it's, there's a, um, and it's really quite, it's not just primaries, but there's a lot of primary colors going on in this thing, and it's just, goes back to that youthfulness and fun mm-hmm. is what's going through here. I mean, it's kind of like a Ant-Man and the Wasp kind of romp. Yeah, a little bit. So, okay. Cool. Jason, do you have any other final thoughts? I mean, I really enjoy the art. Um, I think it wasn't quite as good for me as I, I would have liked. Uh, the designs of the two female characters um, felt a little bit too similar. And the only mm-hmm. thing that was really... Um, differentiating them was either their hairstyle or their clothes and when you get into the backstories and you're, you have uh, both their childhood side by side for a while i didn't quite know which girl was which because mm-hmm. they both have almost identical faces um so that that part was a little uh a little frustrating but i, I did love the colors uh, the only thing i'll say about that is that um sort of in contrast to Motocrush, like you were saying, or even to a little bit of, of Ghost Rider, just because everything was so vibrant, it made nothing really stand out for me. Um, whereas with Motocrush, because you had these uh, purposeful accents of uh, pastels or pink or violet, either in the color or in the action to evoke some sort of motion or high energy, um, or in, in Cosmic Ghost Rider, you had all of this cosmic energy, and then every, every once in a while you would see Frank Castle, the human, um, mm-hmm. And there was a, a nice difference between uh, those different elements. But in this one, I, I feel like all of the vibrant colors, while beautiful to look at, I mean, it, it really is a beautiful book. It just didn't allow anything to really stand out on its own. You know, as yeah. I'm going through this right now, the word that comes to mind 
is uh, this colorist was watching too much Michael Bay. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I can, I can agree with that, yeah. There's some very warm orange front tones on the characters in the backgrounds, and this one is all like bathed in blue. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, this is every Transformers movie mm-hmm. <laughs> that I have seen. And absolutely, I mean, there's definitely a place for that. But yeah, it's like, oh, this comes like, dude, Michael Bay, that's making a billion bucks. Let's do that. Mm-hmm. So a little, it's a little bit of Bayhem going on. Bayhem. Yeah. <laughs> he has his own style, made him richer than everyone else. That's true. Well, cool. Does anybody else have anything else? That's it for me. That's it? Cool. Yeah. Uh, well, then we will jump into final grades. Uh, so for the first one, for self-contained, uh, what is your grade, Mr. Jason? Uh, B. I mean, it, it does continue, but most of it's been wrapped up for me. Um, okay. Yeah. Mr. Todd? Yeah, I was saying earlier, it's a B. It's quite episodic in its nature, and a lot of things seem to come back to the status quo. So it's a bit of a, you know, like a um, situational comedy on television. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Uh, I will stick with the B as well and just go with the crowd. Uh, so for writing for Jans- Jackson Lansing, Lansing, sure, we'll call it that way. Jackson. Jackson. Uh, what is your grade, Mr. Todd? You know, I give it a B minus. Let me. For me, it was probably the weakest part, but I was enjoying myself. So, yeah. Okay. Uh, Mr. Uh, Mr. Jason. Uh, mine's a C. Okay. And I'm going to sit there with a C plus, I think. All right. Uh, you know, I, I had some issues with the writing, but I thought that, uh, yeah, that was probably the weaker point. Okay. So for art for Colin Kelly, Marcus Two, and Irma Kinevella? Irma. Irma. <laughs> Navila? Navila. Maybe that may be the case. Let's go with Navila. Navila. We'll say that. Irma Navila. Uh, what is your... Oh, actually, I'll go with a... I'll go with a B plus for art. I, I liked it, but I think Jason actually has some valid points about the fact that it's all so bright that nothing really quite stands out. Uh, Mr. Todd, what is your grade? You know, I liked my rose-colored glasses with this one, so I'll go with A-minus plus as well. Okay. Uh, Mr. Jason. That's a B for me. Okay. Um, Well, cool. Then for final overall grades, uh, I'm going to go with a a, a solid B. I think that it's good, not great. It's, you know, it's kind of fun. Like, it's a fun popcorn thing, but it's not going to change the world. It's not... It's not necessarily something that I would recommend to someone as like a hey, you're interested in comics. This is an entry point, but it's it's <laughs> if you're looking for something kind of fun and popcorny to fill a fill an afternoon, it's not necessarily the worst thing in the world. Uh, Mr. Jason, what is your grade? Uh, it's a solid C. Okay. And Mr. Todd, you know, I wonder how Adam would compare this with Manny Bothans. Oh uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> So, because he loves that Manny Bothans so much, because Manny Bothans is pure genius. It is pure genius, according yes. to Adam himself. <laughs> yeah, as quoted, as quoted. <laughs> so, but it's um, you know, I enjoyed it. I had a good time. It's nothing. I mean, it, bubble gum is a great term for this. Thing. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's a B minus. It's good bubble gum. B minus. Okay. Uh, well, then that gives us a general GPA of two point five six 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 six. Uh, which puts us at about a, it's between a C plus and a B minus. All right. Yeah. Um, that seems about fair about where we're 
we're all kind of agreeing on. Yeah. Uh, cool. Uh, next week, I think, is another recommendation from Todd, because I've never read this. Uh, Gotham City Garage. Yes, this was a recommendation for me. Okay, does so, it actually have motorcycles this time? This, well, the garage <laughs> is in the title. Yeah, the genesis of this from DC, as is with many things that people may or may not realize, is they had created a toy line is where they had reimagined many of the characters mm-hmm. in a garage and biker type setting. Yeah. So now they have these toys. It's like, great, how do we push and sell these toys? Let's write a story that goes along with them. Mm-hmm. And hence Gotham City Garage. Yeah. So, yeah, this one is um, heavily featured bikes. Okay. Heavily. Well, cool. Um, who has recommendations for this week? Uh, I can do. Okay, go for it. Uh, watch Cowboy Bebop. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, but it, and also, uh, I will also recommend uh, Jordan Peele's new movie, Us. Oh, yeah. yeah. Todd and I were thinking we going to see that. Yeah. Yes. yeah, don't go in expecting Get Out or even the scariest horror movie ever, because it's yeah. neither. Uh, but like any great horror movie, it tells a story about our society through a very terrifying allegory uh, in a way that makes you, at least uh, I have done, uh, think about it a long time after it's done. Okay. Yeah. Um, I will stick on the anime train. I've been watching this. It's on Netflix um, with English translations. Uh, it's an anime called High Score Girl. Um, it sort of has a Scott Pilgrim-y kind of vibe to it. It's about this kid who falls in love with this girl who plays video games with him, and then she moves away. He falls in love with another girl and teaches her to play video games, and then the first girl comes back, and there's this competition that gets... It's kind of cute, kind of silly, but it has sort of that Scott Pilgrim kind of thing to it, which I really enjoy. Um, and so uh, I would, uh, that's going to be my recommendation for this week, uh, sticking on the anime theme. Todd, what is your uh, recommendation for this week? So um, I've been rewatching with Amy um, Dad Like Me. Okay. Showtime. Oh, that HBO yes, that was Showtime. But the movie they made after was shit. Like the TV series yeah. is good, but then they tried to make a movie without the original writers and stuff like that. But like uh, they got some of the real actors, and it's it's awful. It's really really bad. So, but we've been watching the TV show, and you know, with Manny Patinkin mm-hmm. and some others. And what's really interesting, and as you're watching this here, the um, there's going to be quite a demarcation as um, cell phones, the ubiquity of our modern <laughs> smartphones, is such a hard line in the sand. Yeah. Of everything going on. And even you watch a lot of TV shows these days, they try mm-hmm. not to have it because it solves all the problems. Yeah, it does. Cell phones solve all the problems. So you're watching this thing and like, you know, a cell phone would just solve this. And yeah. so much of the story just goes away. Yeah. But that was really, and it's a Brian Fuller production. And mm-hmm. Brian Fuller seems to be an amazing producer for a season and a half. Okay. I think he, he creates great cult stuff. They doesn't say Oh yes. Uh, so the the reason is that um, part of the showrunner's job uh, on a television series is to uh, not only get the writers to put out their best work and to tell a cohesive story, but it's also to convey that story to the studio or to the network and make sure the network and the studio understand it and are happy with it. Um, he does the first part really, really well. Uh, from what I have heard, he is just not that well liked uh, with a studio or network, and he has no uh, desire to play that part of the the game. Um, mm-hmm. So he is wonderful in the room and on set, apparently. But um, at least that's what I've heard. Uh, but he couldn't care less about placating to studio or network demands, even if they might have good notes. He just doesn't want to hear them. Gotcha. Yeah. They're, they're the money. Yeah. Right. Well, Brian, on you. Yeah. <laughs> is what? Isn't he doing like the new Star Trek? 
Well, he was on Discovery. He's off. He did American Gods, and now he's off. Right, was, yeah. (laughs) He's off. He did uh, Hannibal. Mm -hmm. I think he lasted the longest on Hannibal than anything. Yep. He did Pushing Daisies. Yeah. So, I mean, he's done a lot of, like, great cults. Like, oh, I love that show. But now you're listening off all these shows, and, like, not very many of them are on the same station. Right. And like he's right. Again, he's a jump never and a half thing. It's like he's great for the season and then he's gone. Yeah. And then he's gone. And then he's gone. And so what's interesting is you watch some of this with artists, people's like, oh, can you believe these people? Like, well, even like Michelangelo had a patron he had to appease. Yeah. I mean, the Pope said, you shall do this or I'll toss you in jail. Or you had the Demichis going, you're going to carve this. Yeah. So this idea of uh, patrons are the. Enemy is not quite the right word, but it is. They, I mean, they are the source of funding. Yeah, and so, and it's just one of those constraints. If you refuse to learn to work within that, that is, um, that is a fault. No, I mean, I've seen a lot of theaters that don't survive because they want to do what I have a professor who likes to call "fuck you" art. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, or "fuck you" theater, which is, you know, like um, you're, you're trying to do that in your face stuff. But it's like. I hate to say this, but people who pay for theater are little old ladies. You know what I mean? Like that's <laughs> right. That that's who pays the bills, and who pays the bills for movies is teenage boys. They're the ones who are buying the tickets, and that's what you have to appease to. You know what I mean? So yeah, as you're watching it, I mean, and don't be wrong. There's a place for the pissed Christ. I even yeah. I can't tell you how long it took me to realize that the cover for Metallica's Load album mm-hmm. was a shot of coming blood. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm like. Yeah, that took me way too many years yeah. to going, oh, so that's what that is. Yeah. So, and that was like an example. It's like artistic enough. And once you look at it, it's like, I can never unsee that again. Yeah. And yeah, so, all right, Brian Fuller, just play the game. Yeah. Uh, I, I will jump onto the Brian Fuller bandwagon and also say uh, Wonder Falls is a really great show that not a lot of people are aware of that he did yeah. um, early on in his career that I really, really liked as well. Um, I Only one season and than done but i liked it a lot it was really fun okay um but yeah well cool uh anything else from you jason uh that is it for me hey todd you got anything else that'll do it cool awesome thanks so much for joining us uh hopefully we'll have all the boys back next week and we'll have tales from WonderCon next week i'm sure um because yeah. that's why todd is in town right now we're all getting matching tattoos yeah we're all getting matching tattoos finally getting jason his batman tattoo this is news to me but okay yeah, he didn't say no. <laughs> he didn't say no. <laughs> Be careful with that kind of thing, Jason. That's no, how I got I taught his. <laughs> Just make sure it's not on my lower back, please. That's we can all use a tramp stamp. Yeah, your Batman <laughs> tramp stamp. Come on, that'd be awesome. Uh, cool. Well, then, uh, thanks for joining us, and uh, we will see you next week with Gotham City Garage. Bye. Bye. Thank you for joining us. Please rate us on whatever service you listen on. And remember, at least we're not cinema queens.